Hello, and welcome to Embracing the Plan podcast. Um, I'm your host, Mary-Kate, and Matthew is here with me today. And today we are talking about something a little lighter, um, a little fun topic, and that is our three dogs, our rescues, and what they mean to us. Um, So we have um, three Australian cattle dogs, and I guess you could say our third, he's... I'm not entirely sure that he's a 100% cattle dog, um, but he fits most of the standards for the breed, I guess. But, um, so we felt like this was a good topic because this is just kind of part of our story and part of who we are at this point. Um, We've had our dogs for basically our entire marriage. We, We lasted two months married before I said we needed a dog. Um, I had always had dogs growing up and it was just very strange um, coming home to our apartment at the time and not having a dog greet me at the door, cuddle on the couch or whatever. Um, So we actually, yeah, we got our first, I think almost less than two months into marriage. So yeah. Um, So we, I had never rescued a dog before we got Tag, our oldest. And one of the reasons I decided to do this podcast this week is because um, I took Tag for his um, annual vet appointment uh, the other day. And we didn't really get any bad news, but, you know, just the normal um, news of, kind of your dog is getting old and kind of fighting back tears realizing that and just you know the craziness of life and to hear that your your dog and in times he's felt like my person my soulmate he's my protector um he is my shadow to hear that he is you know getting some arthritis and some joints and um possibly some some uh, blurriness with his vision just as part of, you know, getting older. To hear that really kind of struck me in a way I, I wouldn't have expected it to strike me, but um, I don't know. It, it, I think I'm going to slow down and be a, a lot more intentional with the dogs because of this. I think it's easy to kind of let them just be and exist, but really valuing them. And as hard as that is with three kids, because we have a lot on our plate, but we committed to them a long time ago. And I think what we're going to talk about today is just, you know, that commitment through everything we've been through with them. And that's one thing about rescues that you, you can never really know how old they are, um, depending on where you get them. When we first got tag, it was August 1st of 2015 and they told us that he was around two years old and that's about all we got so that would put him now somewhere around seven and a half eight years old um but we don't know he could be closer to 10 years old he could be i doubt he's closer to five years old (laughs) but yeah he tag's been an interesting situation so i had never rescued a dog before matthew grew up without dogs um we res growing up we always just we never rescued we just um 
always went and adopted a puppy. Um, but being young and deciding that like we needed a dog like yesterday because we, you know, I had never had a dog. Um, we didn't have really the money for a purebred dog. And that's the truth. That's reality. Um, and so we went to a couple shelters one weekend and just didn't feel a connection with any dog. And then next weekend, I believe, we woke up and went to the first, just the county uh, shelter, I guess you would call it. And I remember walking back into the kennel area and every dog um like jumping like six feet off the ground like it was insane the height that all of these dogs were getting underneath them as we walked in yeah and so I mean we walked in and all these dogs were jumping and barking and going crazy and as for me as a dog lover you know I want to take all of them um, but I remember no, you don't. <laughs> I you do remember... not want the little rat terrier that would not shut his trap the entire time. No, that's uh, indicative of the dog we chose. Well, so I look over and I see this dog sitting in front of his little kennel gate, completely still, with his ears back, looking at us, and his tail is like dusting the floor. It's just side to side on the floor. He's not making a single sound. And I'm like, I think that's the one. It just was like, we locked eyes, and I was like, I think that's the one. Um, And the cool thing about where Tag was is that because it was a county shelter, um, some of the inmates in the county jail, I think they had some kind of program where they got to, they were the ones that were the caretakers for the dogs. And I didn't know that going in, but, you know, as a criminal justice major, I think that's pretty cool. Um, and so we went into the little meet and greet room with him. And I mean, he was just all over us at that point. Um, it was like, he had figured the, he was so smart. He had figured it out. The best behaved dog gets to leave. Um, he knew that. And then when we got in the family room, he went crazy. Cause it was like, okay, they've picked me. Um, and I remember immediately thinking, oh my gosh, this dog is shedding all over me. Like we're going to have to buy two more vacuums. Um, <laughs> And, um, so he had been there for about three weeks, I think. And they said they had never heard him bark the entire time. And we were like, okay, yep, that sounds good. Um, he kind of just jumped all over us and tucked his head in our lap. And that was kind of the end of it. And it was really cool because one of the cool parts of Tag's story is he had been there for about three weeks. And the inmate, we got to meet the inmate that had taking care of him the entire time. And this guy was about to be released. I can't remember what he said, like in a week or something. And he said, this is probably one of the best dogs that I've taken care of in this time. And I remember him saying how happy it made him to know that we were taking him home. And then he was about to get to go home. And I thought that was so cool. And, you know, just part of the story that I wasn't expecting, I was just going to, you know, pick out a dog. But I thought it was really cool that, both of them were getting to go home and, you know, I don't know anything about the guy. I don't know what he did, but, um, I hope that five and a half years down the road, he's, he's, you know, doing good. Um, and so there's a couple of things we learned about rescue dogs. One, you don't know their true personality until about three months in. 
Pag loved everybody the first couple months. Anybody could walk into our apartment. Anybody could pet him at the at the park. He was everybody's best friend. Um, and I've heard, you know, now that I've done some research, that is that is a common thing with rescue dogs. Until they feel truly secure and comfortable, you don't see their true personality. Um, so once he got comfortable and once he realized that, you know, we were his people and at the time Matthew was traveling a lot for work. So a, most nights it was just Tag and I. Um, and I would get home and we would immediately go to the park and run or go do something and um, come back home and then we'd be at home by ourselves. Um, so Tag quickly became my dog and, and my shadow and um, you know, I don't, when I go places with him, I don't really fear anything cause he's, he's kind of a beast. Um, and he's always made me feel very safe. Um, but because he became kind of my shadow and my dog, we then started to deal with a lot of social and kind of reactive type stuff that we just hadn't seen the first couple months because he wasn't, you know, he was everybody's friend at that point. Once he figured out who his people were, we had a lot to deal with, um, and we worked pretty hard on it. I remember I took him to like a, I think it was more for geared for puppies, but it was just kind of a, a pet co like basic training class, and that went really great until the lady got the laser pointer out, and then it was like all hell broke loose. Um, yeah, so we don't do laser pointers in our house. We have, I mean, we have herding dogs; they chase anything. Um, but I remember there were times when, a couple of times, um, especially when we were pregnant and people knew that we were going to be bringing a baby into the house that, you know, we kind of got questioned on, is Tag the right fit for having a baby around or young children around? And I just, you know, I hung tight to the fact that we had made a commitment to this dog and it wasn't a convenience commitment it was a it was a lifetime commitment it was a you're not going to go back to the shelter on our watch um we're not going to keep you as long as it's convenient for us and I think that is a mindset that a lot of people don't have and I think that's really sad um because it, it's a dog and it's you know you can say yeah it's just a dog but you know if you were that dog, would you want to be bounced back and forth between potential home, forever home, and shelter? No. Um, and so we really committed to working a lot with Tag. And I would take him to the park, and he started to have some... Um, he's always been kind of socially awkward. And I think it comes off in, in an aggressive type way. But I don't think he means to be aggressive first. I think he just gets really excited. Um, and then another dog, like the other dog will take that as aggressive and then it can kind of go downhill. But I remember taking him to the park like once or twice a week and I would, I would look for people with a dog and I would like walk as fast as I could towards them so that we could just practice walking by another dog and not reacting. And I mean, I would, I would, I would search and scan and find someone with a chocolate lab or find someone, you know, with a, a, you know, small dog. Small dogs are issues for Tag. He, I think he sees snack. We've never been able to kind of work that out of him. But 
um, we worked a lot with them and, you know, there were times when I was like, man, did we, you know, bite off more than we can chew. But I was determined to figure out a way to make it work because I had made a commitment to him and, you know, he had actually, there's been a few times where I've been with tag, um, and you know, at the park, there's been a couple times where people have walked by us that had I been alone or by myself, I probably would have been pretty freaked out just based on the, the vibe and the look I was getting from, you know, this other person coming towards me. Um, but you know, tag alerts to that stuff right away. And I think he, he feeds off my energy a lot. And when I'm, when he's with me, like, I don't, I don't fear anything. I feel completely safe and protected. Um, so I, I knew I couldn't give up on him. Like he's, he's a lifetime commitment. And so to hear the other day that, you know, his joints are starting to get a little arthritic and his eyesight might start to, you know, go downhill a little bit just because of age. That was tough to hear. Um, I feel like tag was kind of our first baby. Um, and I, I feel split when people say that cause I'm like, well, he's a dog, but he was the first thing that we were responsible for keeping alive. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's been an interesting journey. It's crazy that it's been five and a half years. It doesn't feel like that long, but he's been through a lot with us. I mean, there's been times where we've, you know, we've celebrated and thrown him in the back of the car and, you know, gone and gotten ice cream and, you know, he's laid with me on the floor. Um, and you know, a puddle of tears multiple times. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been a, he's been a good rescue. Our other two kind of have different stories. Um, and before we, I think there's one other thing that is worth mentioning with tag before we move on to them, but to go back to one of the points you made about whether or not other people or we thought that tag would be okay um, around kids. I think, and I am by no means a dog expert. Like you said, I had a dog for a very short period of time um, my entire life before tag and before we got married. Um, but to me, dogs are like people in that once they get used to something, it might take longer for some dogs. It might, it might be almost immediate for other dogs, but once they get used to something, then, then you don't have to worry about, um, an extreme reaction, not to say that you should just automatically trust them, but, you don't have to worry about them totally flipping out over something. Um, so especially when it comes to rescues where you have no idea what what has happened to them, if whether it's an adult or whether it's a kid, if they were abused, if that's why they ran away, um, well, whatever the reasoning might be for why they were at the shelter or why they were where they were, um, you don't know what that reason is. So just be cognizant of, um, 
if you already have kids, then there's there are certain ways that you need to introduce them to your to your rescue dog. If you have if you rescue a dog and you're thinking about having kids, again, once you have a baby and you bring a baby home, be cognizant of the way that you introduce them to your dog, um, because like you said, Tag became yours and you were his, so you have to make sure that that relationship is established and he has plenty of time to get used to the new environment. Well, and I think the other thing that you have to keep in the back of your mind is that dogs are pack animals. And um, when you have them in your house and you have them around your family, um, you have to establish that you're the leader. You can't let them establish that they are the leader and that they run the show. Um, and I think when we got Piper, we'd had tag for like four months, five months. Um, and when we got Piper, you know, I really, you know, displayed to him like, Hey, this other dog is okay. Because that's kind of in the height of dealing with like every dog he was trying to go after. Um, and you know, that's kind of, you know, I wanted another dog cause I've always had multiple, but I thought, you know, if I can put another dog into this equation and show him that, Hey, not all dogs are bad and not all dogs, you know, want you to be so excited and aggressive with them, then, you know, maybe we can work on this social issue that you've got. Um, and it definitely took some time. I mean, I didn't just throw him in the middle of the yard and say, have at it. Like I was, you know, I made sure that I introduced them in a very specific way and that, um, you know, for the first month or so, like they were not together, um, without supervision, you know, those things. And so I knew that he would adjust well to, Hey, uh, this lady is saying that this tiny human is important to her and, you know, this is a change, but you know, I'm still here. I'm still being fed. I'm still being loved on. I'm still able to lay on the couch and, you know, do nothing all day like he loves to do. Um, but I, th- I think you just have to remember that they're pack animals and that they need um, the leader to be established. And, um, you know, I think Tag responds to that well. He knows that I'm in charge and that, you know, he thinks he's the big bad gatekeeper, but... I think he he looks to me most times. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't dogs that just can't make those adjustments and they just need to be, you know, loners. That's not to say that that can't be the case. But my belief is that the vast majority of the time, um, if introduced in the appropriate environment and in the appropriate way and you're patient, then you can work with them to get there. Um the last thing I, I want to bring up with, with Tag and I think is worth um, mentioning because he's really the only one that we truly rescued um, is that there's only so much you can know from a health perspective um, when you're rescuing a dog because they only do so many things and even some of the things they do, um, depending on the timing, um, may not even be fully accurate. 
Yeah, so when we rescued Tag, he was, um, you know, according to the vet, 100% healthy, heartworm negative. And when we took him back a year later, having put him on all the preventatives and, you know, the monthly things that you do with a dog, he was heartworm positive. And um, it's probably one of the only times in my lifetime I've completely become a blubbering mess in a vet office. Um, because I thought that that was a death sentence. Um, and I was so shocked because we had paid for 12 months of heartworm prevention and it didn't even make sense. Um, what we came to find out was, is that, uh, when a dog contracts heartworms, which they contract through a mosquito bite, it can take six to seven months for that test to become positive. Those heartworms have to, you know, go through their life cycle or whatever, um, for a certain amount of time for that test to become positive. So when he was initially tested at the shelter, he had already had it, but it was negative um, because he hadn't had it long enough. So we um, paid for the treatment. I don't remember how expensive that was. It was like $1,300. Pretty expensive. Pretty out of the blue as and well. that's the reason I wanted to bring it up is because you mentioned earlier that in your mind, TAG was a lifetime commitment. And so when you rescue a dog, you have to be aware that you're not just paying the $50 or the $100 and, you know, the, the cost to feed it every month. Um, there is a real chance that there are things that are going to cost a lot of money um, that you don't know about. Um, or even if it just happens, if, if one of them, you know, um, hurts their leg, um, and and you've got to deal with that, then, you know, there are potentially thousands of dollars worth of treatments or medicines or this or that, that, you know, if it was me or you, we'd probably have a really hard time saying no, um, Unfortunately, there is there is a number out there where, where we'd have to say no, but we'd have a really hard time, um, and that number is probably a lot higher than it should be. So just be cognizant that when you're rescuing a dog, um, there is the risk that um, something may not go as planned, and uh, as that dog's new owner, you have to be ready to handle that. Yeah, because you have to think about, I mean, there's plenty of people out there, as sad as it is, that get some kind of diagnosis for their pet, and they can't financially make anything happen with it. Um, and a lot of times they will, you know, turn them over to the shelter, turn them over to a rescue, and then, you know, whoever decides to adopt them is stuck with that bill. Um, but I would say another thing that's important when you have a dog is to always have, like, a we have a dog med kit in our cabinet. Um, and I would say with our third, with Doc, I've probably used that ever only with him. Uh, he is constantly bleeding or just he's so active and um, constantly getting injured but refuses to slow down. And that's not something that, you know, I'm going to rush him off to the vet. You know, I'm going to clean it up, wrap it up, and he'll be fine in an hour. Um, but you just have to be prepared for those things when you're rescuing. Um, our second dog, um, Piper, like I said, we 
kind of, I just decided, you know what, let's get tag a friend and see if we can help with these social issues. Um, maybe the personality of another dog will, you know, lighten them up a little bit, um, and help. And so I knew I wanted a puppy because I didn't want there to be a power struggle, um, coming into the house. And I felt if we went and got another adult dog, then there was going to be some kind of power struggle. I didn't want tag to feel like he had to prove his place at all. Um, and so we, um, found this breeder and it, it looked pretty good at the onset. And then we got there and I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, I would have have taken, let's just say she had some crazy parents. Yeah. But just the, the conditions and stuff probably could have been better. Um, and there were three or four females left and, after seeing everything, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to take all of them. Um, but we just weren't in a place to be able to do that. And I, th- I think they had homes lined up. They just hadn't been picked up yet. But um, Piper was fun. I think it took him about 30 minutes to catch her. She is, she was, um, I don't know, felt like a rescue because I don't know what the situation was before we got there. But she's the most timid um, she's not one for strangers. Yeah. She's, she's curious in her own way, but not really like in a, I don't know how to put it. I don't, she's, she's an interesting dog. Like she'll stand outside in the middle of a thunderstorm and not be scared. But if there's a fly in the house, I know because she's somewhere like hiding under something. And, <laughs> That's just, to me, it's funny every time. Um, But we got this dog to kind of help tag out. And then this dog is terrified and, like, thinks of tag as her shield. And I remember, like, taking them to the park in the beginning. And she would see, I swear it was like a chihuahua one time. And, I mean, it was 150 yards away. And I couldn't figure out why she's, like, hiding behind tag. Like, she's, like on his right flank, like cowering behind him. And I'm like, what is wrong with her? There's nothing around us. We're like the only people here. And I looked way off in the distance and there's this tiny little dog walking with, with its owner. And that's what it was. Like she saw another dog. And so that plan kind of backfired in a way because, um, I think if anything, we end up with two dogs with kind of those weird kind of social things going on. Um, which personally, I don't see that as a problem because I don't, I don't anymore because I mean, I think when we were young and married, the idea was like, Oh, we can take them here. We can take them there. And it's like, no dogs are dogs. They're not meant to be at restaurants. They're not meant to be, um, you know, in the middle of, you know, the ball fields with everybody around, you know, between the two of us, I'm pretty sure everybody would say that. I am not likely to meet up with any friends for a play date for our dogs. No, I don't do that from a health standpoint. I think it's always interesting at the vet. They're like, do you want all these vaccines? And I'm like, no, not really. I think they're a bit superfluous because my dog is not at doggy daycare. Um, getting exposed to a thousand other dogs who you have no idea how they're being cared for, um, you know, medically. But that's a different story. 
Um, so Piper, she's our patient one. She's, she's grown up a lot over the last five years. Um, and because we had to treat Tag for heartworms, that's a, that's a, you know, months long ordeal. He kind of lost his playfulness, what little of it he had. He's always been kind of a laid back, lazy dog. And I noticed one night we were sitting around the bonfire and Piper's just like running at him, trying to get him to play with her, trying to get him to chase her. He's not having it. And I said, this is probably our only impulse buy, but I said, man, we need to get her a friend that'll actually play with her. And we went the next day and got Doc. Well, I think it was deeper than that. I think, so at that point, it would have been 2017, so... And we've like had tag summer. for almost a couple years and you know he's somewhere in the four to five year old range and um probably older he if he was only four to five he was a very old four to five um just in the way he acted and his demeanor and then piper who was closing in on two but i think there was also a little bit of a hole in in both of our in both of our hearts from some other things that happened that year that, that contributed to that decision. Yeah. So, um, that was July. So yeah. Um, so we went and got doc the next day. He, like I said, he's not, I don't, there's no way you could say he's full, full blooded cattle dog. Um, his ears unless are floppy. You've, unless you've seen a cattle dog with floppy ears. Yeah, his ears are floppy. Um, his ears are my favorite. It's funny, his ears will stand up when he's, like, exhausted. It's like the muscles work when everything else on him wants to just lay down and go to sleep. I think there's a little too much smoky in him, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he's he's a bit of a bird dog as well. Um, So we go and get Doc to be Piper's kind of running mate and friend because tag had slowed down some and i mean i think that plan has worked out flawlessly i mean they will i mean they give each other the business in the backyard they're constantly running fighting fighting like in a playful way that dogs do uh um, no i think piper's fighting fighting because i think it just gets i think on she, yeah i think occasionally i mean she's got it's she's gotten older since then but i think occasionally she's just like okay stop go away and it's not um, it's not that doc is trying to play with her you can be playing fetch with doc across the yard and piper comes flying over because she sees that doc is playing and doc is having fun and she doesn't want the ball she wants to try to stop doc from getting the ball yeah they there are i mean i don't worry about them they go hard um but i think what these dogs have taught us over the last five and a half years has been that one, when you own a pet, there is no for sure. Like you have no idea what's coming next. I mean, we thought at one point doc had torn like the dog version of the ACL and we were looking at like a major surgery. And then like one day it just, he was fine. It was the weirdest thing. Um, and that was scary because I thought, man, this is going to be expensive. And, like, I don't know if he'll come back to being Doc as he has always been, wild and energetic. I don't – this might slow him down. But whatever it was just kind of healed itself, and he's good now. 
Um, but I think there's been a lot of things throughout the last five and a half years with the dogs that I've learned. I think the biggest is that, um, when it comes to Australian cattle dogs specifically, or healers, blue healers, red healers, whatever you want to call them, I think a lot of people get them for their looks. And I know there's other breeds that this happens to, and they don't realize what they're buying. They don't realize the temperament. They don't realize the intelligence. They don't realize the, the, you know, the work ethic and the drive. And it always breaks my heart because every now and then I'll look around all the different shelters on their website and like, you'll see like three or four of them because that's where they end up because people, you know, they bite off more than they can chew. And I think one of the biggest things that I've kind of rolled around in my head and felt really called to do at some point if, you know, financially we can is I would love to have a cattle dog rescue and pull them from shelters, train them really well, and then make sure they go somewhere that is ready for them and committed to them. Um, Because, I mean, I'll be the first to say there were, like I said, there were times with TAG where I thought, wow, what did we do? But I wasn't going to give up on that commitment. Um, To be fair, that's a lot of that was probably just as much on us as your thought about what do we do in getting this dog? Because just like most other dogs that are meant to be working dogs and are very high energy, they just need something to do and not just something to do. They need a job, right? And when we first got tag in an 800 square foot apartment, even if you take him out for a couple of walks or you go for a run, um, you know, they're, there wasn't really an activity that he could cling to, to to say this, this is mine. And, and so what did he do? He tore up the three beds that we bought him before we told him, before we decided we're not, we're just not going to have a bed for him. Um, for Piper and doc, I think it would be really interesting to have seen both of them in their own element. Um, on a farm because I could see how both of them would be really good at what they're supposed to do in different ways. Um, they, they kind of remind me a little bit of, um, the old story where the red fern grows, where you've got two dogs, you've got big Dan and little Ann, and, and just in their temperaments, doc, even though it's the, he's the small one, um, acts a lot like Big Dan would, and and Piper is a lot more reserved, a lot more, um, a lot more like Little Ann. If you if you've ever read that book, um, so I, I think that would be really interesting to see them at work. Um, I think Piper would have a natural like. I think you could throw her out with some cattle, and I think she'd know exactly what to do. Well, not anymore, but I don't know. I think she might. I think Doc. <laughs> Doc, you'd have to, like, call him off. Well, he, he'd grab on. Yeah, Doc's, Doc's job... A, anything that moves, he's on it. Doc's um, job now is to go and get something and bring it to you. That's, that is his job. That is his activity. And whether that's a ball, if you're not doing a ball, then that's going to be a baby toy. Whatever it is, he's going to go get it. And he's going to drop it right in your lap until you throw it so he can go get it again. 
And I think that's that's more of the bird dog in him. I mean, he's such a nose to the ground, pointing, climbing up a tree, that kind of dog. I mean, he's he's definitely got bird dog in him. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm excited to see how you know. I don't know. It's it. I don't want to say how they continue the age because I mean they're kind of all getting up there, but um, just they are such a part of our family at this point. Um, you know, and I, I, I'm okay after going to the vet with Tag the other day. I've, I've, you know, feel lucky and, and blessed to have had such a great dog for the last five and a half years. And he's not going anywhere anytime soon. He's just, you know, he's probably going to slow down a little bit. And I really hope that his, his vision stays clear and that, you know, whatever they saw doesn't get any worse, but, um, you know, good dogs don't last forever. And I think, um, yeah. So if it, if it does get worse, what are we going to do? The same thing we've done for five and a half years. So I'm going to start working on his, you know, auditory. We're going to go all auditory with him. Um, I mean, let's be honest. If you're sitting down and you have a hand on him, he's not hurting anybody. No. Um, but yeah, so, you know, this is just part of our plan. I think, you know, we always wanted a dog, but there's definitely been things along the way that we didn't expect and just learning to embrace that for what it is and, and be true to that commitment that we've made to all three of them. Um, and part of that is, is protecting them, um, from doing something that could hurt others and in turn hurt them. Um, and then, you know, just giving them, you know, fun experiences and, good table food every now and then I think we've done a pretty good job with them um so yeah it's been a wild journey for five and a half years with the dogs for sure and I think people probably think we're just focused on the kids at this point but the dogs are a big part of our day-to-day and I mean I've been a softie and let tag sleep you know right at my feet for the last week so (laughs) he's he's you know Especially after that vet report, he's sleeping on the bed, basically. Let's be honest, outside of our immediate family, meaning me and you and our kids, and then your immediate family, my immediate family, outside of those 12, 13 people, we don't keep our dogs locked up when people are here for their safety. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We keep our dogs locked up so something so they don't do something that would then cause harm to our dogs um meaning if our dogs did something we weren't expecting to those guests um then that means trouble for us and more importantly trouble for the dogs well i think part of being committed to your dog is is learning how to read your dog and read their body language and you can research this but i mean I can read tag like a book. I can see it in his eyes when he's about to lose it. I can see it in his body language when he's starting to feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, you have to learn how to read your dog and, and read the room and read the people. Um, I always, I, I don't remember the quote exactly, but it was something like, you know, if I sense that, you know, you don't trust me, meaning me, the dog, why should I trust you, meaning you, the human, coming at me with your hand or whatever? Um, 
And it's true. I think tag plays off of people's vibes so much. I mean, if you are feeling weird around him, he's going to be weird. Um, and so just, just learning how to read your dog and, and kind of know what your dog is thinking is, is part of that commitment. And it's, it takes time and it takes, you know, you know, going through some situations and stuff and seeing how your dog reacts and, and what led up to them reacting the way that they did. And, um, you know, not putting in, not setting them up. Don't put them in bad situations that, you know, they're not going to handle well. And I think that's a lot of what we do is, you know, we don't have a golden doodle that is everybody's best friend that we can release in the front yard and it'll stay in the yard or it'll go lick the neighbor or whatever. Like we don't have that kind of dog. And I'm okay with that. I don't want my dog to be best friends with everybody because I don't want my dog to walk off with the first person that, you know, puts its hand out to, to pet on it. Um, you know, I like that our dogs are kind of a first, first line of defense. Um, but you know, I know not to put tag in certain situations and, and all three of them for that matter. Cause I think, you know, whereas I'm the leader of the pack when it comes to them, I think when it comes to just the dogs, they kind of, they feed off tag a lot just cause I think he's oldest and you know, he's kind of established that, but you know, I don't put any of them in a situation that I feel like will go bad for them. Um, so that's, you know, we wanted to keep it light. I think, um, if you're getting a dog, considering getting a dog, cat, any kind of pet, you know, commit, um, be ready for, you know, interesting times, be ready for, you know, financial challenges you didn't see coming because, you know, every dog, every cat, everybody gets sick from time to time, um, or injured or whatever. Um, it's definitely not cheap, but you know, you've made a commitment and, and you have to stick to that. And if somebody says that you can get an animal for free, please do not believe them because it is not for free. The animal itself might be for free, but the maintenance, and especially if they're giving that animal away for free for a reason, there could be something underlying that will definitely not be free. And if, if you're adopting or, or rescuing an animal, the last thing you should want is six months later something come up that you are either not capable of of dealing with or you're not willing to deal with. Yeah. So, um, that is our episode for today. Um, don't forget if you haven't already check out builtbar.com use code embracing the plan 10 to receive 10% off your first order, or you can use one of built bars codes. It might get you a little more off for your first order and then use embracing the plan 10 on your second order. Um, if you um, like this podcast, please give us a good rating. Um, subscribe, download, wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, um, this is Embracing the Plan. Have a good one.